Happy New, Happy New Year. 2016 is here, whether we're ready for Uh-oh. You ready? I'm not ready. Okay, here we go. Start over. 2016 is here, whether we're ready or not. And last year was absolutely incredible. And this year, we want everything to be about Jesus. You're going to hear us say over and over again, hashtag everything Jesus. And what we hope to accomplish with this theme in this new year is simply this. We want our members and our guests alike to be able to allow Jesus Christ into the everyday Monday through Saturday details of their life. Now what that means and what that looks like is that we allow Jesus Christ into the boardroom. We allow him to come sit at our dinner table. We allow him into those family discussions when we're making hard decisions. We, we allow him to go to the grocery store with us. Those mundane errands that we all have to run. We want Jesus to go with us in what we want to do and what we want to accomplish. We want to be able to connect the dots of God at work when we're not here. And then when we come here, we want our worship to be celebratory. In addition to that, one of the things that we're hoping to do in this new year, we're hoping to hear about God at work in members and guests' lives alike, and we hope to profile that in video testimonies that, that demonstrate, man, God is at work all around us. Now, to that end, this morning, we're going to look back just for a minute in 2015. We're going to look ahead, as you might imagine, and then we're going to conclude our time together today by looking within our own hearts, our own minds, and our own lives to prepare ourselves for what God has in store for us. Now, our text under consideration this morning should be a familiar one, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. The Apostle Paul was speaking to Christians in Philippi. You know this, Paul's under house arrest. There are 104 verses in the book of Philippians, and the theme, ironically enough, is joy. He says over and over again, uh, Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. And in verses 12 through 14, they lend themselves to a New Year's Day message, a New Year's Day focus, if you will. And the Apostle Paul, ironically enough, is using... He's using athletic imagery to demonstrate an important spiritual point. As a matter of fact, when I was in seminary, um, one of my friends wrote his Ph.D. Um, dissertation on the athletic imagery that the Apostle Paul used in, um, in several of his letters. That's a side note. But the, it's interesting in what he says here. And in verses 12 through 14, we have a fascinating text that kind of helps us to launch into this new year. Here's what Paul had to say beginning in verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I, press home to but I press hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. The idea of telling his listeners that I have not, I've not taken hold of it yet is significant. It's significant when you consider who said those words. The Apostle Paul, missionary to the Gentiles, author of one-third of the New Testament, is telling his listeners I don't have it all figured out yet. And so if the Apostle Paul is saying that, which he also alluded to that in verses 5 through 6 when he said, Look, 
If you think you have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I got a little bit more. Born on the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin, Pharisee among Pharisees, as for that legalistic righteousness, faultless, the apostle Paul is saying, look, I got plenty of accolades. I've got plenty of awards, but just don't quite have it all figured out yet. And so his listeners kind of took note of that. Then verse 13 is our key verse. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. One more time. But one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Okay, first let's look back just for a minute. The, the Apostle Paul is a fascinating guy, an intellectual giant, a Pharisee among Pharisees, humbled to no end by the grace of God, and, and now he's looking back over his life and he's saying, look, I've got a lot of reason to put confidence in the flesh, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. And he would go on to say, all the stuff that he worked for, all those accolades, all those awards, all those things that made other people look at him and go, wow, that guy's accomplished. Paul said, I count that as nothing compared to knowing Christ. Now, in our 2016 context at First Original, and as we look back, here's what we notice last year in 2015 what we see is that Jesus Christ, man, he's been at work. He's been at work in, in my life. He's been at work in, in your life. And it's been fun to experience. Now, we have a, a short video clip that's going to kind of highlight a little bit of that. And we're going to look at that just for a moment. And then we'll kind of pick back up here in just a second. So as the guys are getting that teed up right now, just take a look at this. It's going to show you just a little bit of God at work. That's a really 
cool look back at 2015. Jesus has been at work all around us. And I, I told somebody just a few weeks ago, one of my, one of my pastor friends, that you know I, I've been doing this a long time, but I never remember a year quite as exciting as 2015. I mean, God was working all around us, and it was so much fun to see. Dozens and dozens of families added to our church family, and the baptism water stirred more Sundays than not. Many life groups that have been launched and are going to be launched, and people are connecting to our life serve and, and life source resources, and it's just been fun to watch God at work. Jesus is at work all around us. And on my first Sunday, actually... It wasn't even my official first Sunday. It was my, quote, trial message. And for those of you who are non-Baptist people here, let me tell you what that is. When Baptist churches call a new Baptist pastor to be their potential new pastor, they call it a trial sermon. It's kind of like a calf looking at a new gate. He comes in, they listen to him preach, and then they vote whether or not they want to keep him or not. Well, that happened for me back in May of 2013, I do believe. This coming May will be three years ago. And on that first Sunday, I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on what Jesus said to already do. And it's, it's not anything new. It's not my vision. It's going to be our vision because it was Jesus' vision. And he says we got to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. We're going to do that. He said that we really should get serious. He said that we really ought to live our lives like we love one another. And so not long after I became your pastor, you saw something appear in this church at the end of every service. It's a commitment that we say out loud one to another. And it starts out, you will never suffer at my hands. I will never say or do anything knowingly to hurt you. If you're down and I can lift you up, I'll do that. Won't you say it with me? I will always in every circumstance seek to help and support you. If you need something and I have it, I'll give it to you. No matter what I find out about you, no matter what happens in the future, either good or bad, my commitment to you will never change. Now, I teed that up just a couple of months after I became your pastor. And the comments that we, we receive more comments about that than maybe anything else that we do. And here's why. It's countercultural. It's almost radical, and it's something that people, people ask me, do y'all really say that? Do y'all really believe that? Do y'all really live that out? And the answer is yes, yes, and yes. And the reason that we do that, that is an expectation that is in the Word of God that we find in the Gospels that's, that, that's demonstrated by Jesus, that we are to love one another. Now, we're not naive enough to think everybody's knocking it out of the park every week, but we are smart enough to keep that as our expectation because Jesus kept it as an expectation. And so we said that we're going to love God, that we're going to love one another. And then we also said that we're going to make disciples and we're going to learn to produce disciples. That's where the LTG groups came in that you've heard me talk about over and over three and four person discipleship group and then we also said that we're going to love our community in tangible ways and that's where life serves sunday comes in where we love out loud now here's what i know it's healthy to look back to celebrate and to see jesus at work but you can't live there you see you have to remember what paul was doing in this text he's describing two athletes two runners in a race and what he's saying is this, man, we strain forward, and there is no straining forward in a race, whether it's a marathon or whether it's a 40-yard dash or a 100-yard dash. There is no straining forward looking back. You celebrate what happened last year, and you move forward today. 
And much of the fruit that this congregation has experienced has been because of a commitment to a focused vision of what Jesus set forth in Scripture 2,000 years ago. So we look back, and we also, we also look ahead. Here's what Paul said in verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. And man, for Paul, that was a prize that he was going to receive from God. That was no small thing that the Apostle Paul was going to receive. Now, if you're a member or if you're thinking about me a member of this great church, here's what we're asking our folks to do this year. It's not complicated. We desire for our folks, for our members to go deeper in discipleship. Now, how will you do that? You do that in two ways. You do that through a commitment to the Word of God in prayer. And that's called life source. That we're got, We have three lives that we ask our folks to be connected to. Life source. The Word of God in prayer, life groups, a small group on most meet on Sunday morning, but not all of them. And then life serve. There's internal components and the external components. Internal is like worship and hospitality. By the way, did you know that we have openings right now? Right now in life serve? If you're so in mind, there is an immediate opening, and I guarantee you, most of you qualify. If you want to direct traffic, on Sunday mornings, put that orange vest on, risk your life. We'd love for you to be able to do that when, this, when, this, when we dismiss every week. Or we actually also need greeters in the parking lot. We don't have a lot of those right now, so we have, we have um, openings there. Here's what we've learned. We have learned that service is the antidote to selfishness. Service is the antidote to selfishness. Now, how do we know that? Well, we know that because the people that serve are the people who are on mission. Hashtag Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain conceit, but in, 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 in humility, humility, consider the interest of others better than that of your own. Hmm. There's something to the idea of being squeezed out in service. You know, when I was a seminary student, you got a lot of information. You learned a lot about the Bible, you learned a lot about theology, you learned a lot about doctrine, you learned a lot about church governance, you learned a lot about all kind of church stuff. But one thing I learned very quickly was the guys and the ladies that were the happiest and the most well-adjusted, I might add, were those that were not just students, but those who were serving, whether they received a paycheck or whether it was simply volunteer work. So, in 2016... We want everything to be about Jesus. That's why you hear us say things like hashtag everything Jesus. That's why that theme. It's not enough to relegate the, the creator of the world to one morning a week or maybe Wednesday night as well. We, we're asking you to allow him to join you Monday through Saturday in the, at the ball fields, and the boardrooms, in all those different areas of your life. And what's exciting for me is to, the, to know that a congregation can be this focused where you're taking Christ with you, which means you're going to be connecting the dots one after another. You know what's hard for many people to do is to, to take Christ with them when they leave church on Sunday. When I was in college at Southern Miss in my home church in Hattiesburg, we, we did a Bible study called Experiencing God way back 25 years ago. And I'll never forget what, what that did for our congregation. It sparked a revival. You know why it sparked a revival? It sparked a revival because it taught the congregation how to recognize God at work in their lives, at work, at school, at play. 
And consequently, man, they just took the gospel with them wherever they went. And so that's what we're going to be asking you to do in this new year. To go deeper in, in discipleship and to uh, allow your lives to be that one of service. And then our hope, our hope is that we take Christ with us wherever we go. And that's what we're going to do in 2016. As we look forward to 2016, we're taking Jesus' love. We're taking his mercy. We're taking his grace. And we're taking his peace wherever we go. Now, you've received already a little bit of a taste uh, of what we hope to do with these video testimonies. In, in the monthly news newsletter that we send out, you'll see a new member profile. And we're just introducing you to new members. And sometimes we put those testimonies of some, how somebody came to faith in Christ in there. That's what these videos we hope will be. And how they will just be a picture, a snapshot of God at work in everyone's life. And we hope you'll be able to see that. Maybe those will help us take, the, take that to our community and to our church family. And to help people see Christ alive and well in our lives. But here's the, here's the hard part. It's fun, it's easy to look back and to celebrate, at least it is in our case, of God at work, Jesus at work in our lives. It's fun to look ahead and how we're going to try and connect the dots there with Christ at work in our life. But let me just be really super, just downright, brutally honest. Not many people are signing up for the last one. A look within. You know why? Because you got to do it every day. You got to do it every day. There's some of you in here, and I know who you are. You don't think I do, but I do. I know who you are. Those of you who have all these real big New Year's resolutions, you want to lose weight, you want to work out, you want to get fit, you want to lose inches, yada, 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 all that good stuff. And that's fine and good. And those of you who are serious about it, you know you have to have a game plan. And in those, those, those goals have got to be measurable. And they've got to have a timeline on them. And you know all that. Well, guess what? If you really want to see Jesus at work in your life, you've got to do the exact same thing. And it's hard work. Now, there's two passages of Scripture I want to, I want to remind you of that you're already aware of. In 2, in 2 Chronicles 7.14, the Scripture writer says, If my people, that's you. If my people... Now, this text, interestingly enough, was introduced to churches over the last 50 years that were preparing for a revival service. Some of you are old enough to know what revival services are, where you have a guest pastor or a guest preacher, and the worship team that come in, you have a special series of services, and the goal is, is, is evangelism. Here's what I hope to do. My hope is that as a congregation, we'll carry that through with us every day, not just one series of services a year and so here's what the text says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven forgive their sin and heal their land now folks that's what our country needs that's what our country needs the land needs healing but it doesn't happen outside the walls of a church. It should start inside the walls of a church. If my people who are called by my name, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin. Forgiveness comes before healing, and then I will heal their land. Got to do it every day. Every day. And then in, in Psalm 139, 
it tells us in verse 7, it asks two questions. Where can I go from the Spirit of God? Where can I go from His presence? Those are rhetorical questions. The answer is absolutely nowhere. Nowhere. And then, in verses, um, and then in verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way of me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Okay, you ready? you got to do that every day. Every day before the sun goes down, every day you bring under the submission, the lordship of Christ, your thoughts, your attitudes, your words, everything, every day. That's how you live with everything is about Jesus. How do you do that? You come, you report for duty every day. Jonathan Edwards was a great man of God years ago in another generation. He wrote some incredible killer resolutions. And his first two resolutions were, number one, I resolve that I will serve God with my life. And number two, I resolve that I will serve God with my life, whether anybody else does or not. I like that part. And then there's another, there's a third one on down the list. He says, every day, at the end of every day, I will bring my attitude my thoughts, my actions, and my words under the submission of Jesus Christ. And if there is any offensive way in me, I will confess it at that moment. Here's the deal. If we get more, if we're more concerned, if we're more concerned about what's going on in somebody else's world, rather than being at one with Christ in our own world, we've totally, 100% missed the boat. We've missed the boat. And that's why every day we have to allow the light of Christ, the love of Christ, and the Spirit of God to shine bright in our hearts and our minds and, and tell us, is there any, is there one area in my life that I need to confess and bring that before God? And if it is, then you deal with that at that very moment. You see, to maintain a up-to-the-minute testimony, it's not, it's not difficult, it just it takes work. To maintain an up-to-the-minute testimony, it requires conf a confession of sin must flow from our lips throughout the day, and our schedules must be brought under submission of Christ. That's how you carry it out every day. That's how you take Jesus with you wherever you go. To maintain an up-to-the-minute testimony, confession of sin must flow from our lips every single day, and our schedules subject to His approval. A Christian who maintains an up-to-the-minute testimony, they have zero, zero, zero time to get involved in the petty things of life because they're focused on making Christ known in the details of life and, and they're committed to carrying out the Great Commission, our vision, and the Great Commandment, loving God and loving others. Boom. Everything Jesus takes work we look back and we raise holy hands in celebration and we bow our knee in humility that says Jesus thank you for letting us see you at work and then we look ahead in 2016 and we say you know what we're, we're committing our hearts we're committing our lives to you Jesus and we're going to do that in a focused vision the focused vision you gave us because we experience eternal fruit when we're involved in a focused vision of the Great Commission and the Great Commandment and making disciples and loving our community.
And then we're going to make sure that we're not off in anybody else's business, but yet we're just focused and allowing the Spirit of God to move within our own hearts and lives every day. And saying, Spirit, reveal to me anything that doesn't need to be there. Now here's what's going to happen. If you so choose, if you so choose to allow the Spirit of God to do this in your life. You ready? When you, when you bend a knee or when you yield yourself at the end of every day and you say, Jesus, is there anything in my life that doesn't need to be there? You know what he's going to say to you? He's going he's to speak. And he's going to bring to mind things in your, in your day, in your week, that you should confess before him. And you know what you've got when you do that? You've got an up-to-the-minute testimony. Because confession of sins flowing from your lips. The only way to have an up-to-the-minute testimony is to have confession flowing from your lips. The goal has never been perfection. It's rather progress. The goal is not perfection. The goal is progress. We walk a little bit closer with Jesus every day. And we, we fall a little bit more in love with him every day. And you know you're falling a little bit more in love with Jesus every day. When you have a disdain for the things that he hates and you fall deeper in love with the things that move his heart. And one of the most important questions that we can ask ourselves is this as a congregation. God, what are you blessing? What are you blessing? He's blessing the same thing today that he did 2,000 years ago. He is blessing a commitment to his vision. He is blessing a commitment to his vision. And it's imperative that I, you, we, as a congregation, avail ourselves to that. We've done a good job so far. And we don't, need to, we don't need to stop now. We just need to keep moving forward in that same vein in 2016. You know, not too many years ago, I have a good friend of mine who, um, he had a, a, a young son. He's about eight or nine. And he kept overhearing him right before bedtime at night. He'd already, had, you know, had his prayers with him. And little boy's kind of a, Somewhat of a spirited little fella, Dennis the Menace, give you an idea of what he was like. And, um, but his dad was involved in his life, big time involved in his life. And, but he kept hearing him talking, what he thought to himself, kind of disturbing, late at night. And um, he went in one night and he, and he just kind of peeked around the corner. And he, he sat on the edge of the door and he just listened. And here's what he heard. Lord, you know I really shouldn't have done that today at recess. Uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't mine to take, and I took it. Lord, I, I probably ought to confess. Lord, I'm confessing that right now. Would you forgive me for that? And then he waited a second, and he said, Lord, boy, my attitude was just not very good at that. Would you, Lord, please forgive me for that. And Lord, just one more thing. Before I go to sleep tonight, you know that little girl in my math class? I never should have pulled her hair, Lord. And she didn't know it was me, but you knew it was me because your Bible tells me that you're everywhere. And Lord, would you forgive me for that? Okay, lean in. We're landing the plane. Lean in. Don't miss it. If you ever lose that authenticity and transparency of an eight-year-old in your confession of sin every day, you've missed the mark. As we grow older and we gain more knowledge and we learn more about God, our humility must be intact. And as we move forward into 2016, you cannot lose that. You cannot lose that. 
You've got to embrace it with all of your heart. A look back, a look ahead, and most importantly, a look within. That's a heart check and a mind check that says, Jesus, I'm taking you with me wherever I go. I want to make you known in the details of life. Help me to do just that. Let's pray. Lord, you've been so good to us. And God, we know, we understand. You've been good to us despite the fact that maybe we didn't even deserve you to bless us like you have, but you have blessed us in so many ways. And so, Lord, we, we say thank you from the bottom of our heart. Thank you for just pouring out your blessings upon this congregation. You've done things that we never, ever imagined. We weren't even wise enough to pray, yet you moved. And for that, we say thank you. And Lord, we ask right now as we prep our heart for our response time, Lord, our prayer, our prayer is that we won't look around and reflect on what somebody else might need to do, but what are you asking us to do? What needs to be adjusted now? in order to be who you've called us to be as we launch into 2016 tomorrow. We're going back to work, we're going back to school, and we want to be all you've called us to be. Help us, Lord Jesus, as we prep our hearts and minds in this response time to make whatever adjustments necessary to walk in peace with you. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. Won't you please stand as we prepare for our response time? The most important decision that you could make today is the first decision. It's what you do with Christ. The Bible teaches us that our righteousness is like filthy rags. That means that our very best is nothing compared to the perfection of Jesus. And if you've never had a transfer of trust with dropping what you bring to the table and embracing what Christ brings to the table then today might be the day that you say yes to Christ maybe you've never experienced the stirring of the baptism waters as Christ well as he, he modeled for each of us maybe that's your decision maybe it's a, a recommitment and more than a recommitment maybe it's a, a recalibration maybe you've been going one way and God's saying I'm not there I'm here and you need to make that adjustment or maybe this is the Sunday that this needs to be your church home and you want to make that official and nail that down or maybe there's another decision that you're wrestling with right now maybe it's got you around the, the belt loop nobody knows Jesus knows and you know and you know you want to leave here at peace but you know if you leave here with it you can't leave at peace don't take that with you it may mean you just need to spend a minute or two in silent prayer as we sing. It may mean that you need to kneel at the altar. It may mean that you need to pray with one of our pastors. Do whatever it takes to put yourself on solid footing as we launch into a brand new year where we really do want it to be all about Jesus. Derek, why don't you lead us, please?